टू रॉन्ग्स एंड अ राइट डायरी मेरी कॉट मैरिड वीक्स अगो एंड आई हैव एन अपडेटेड यू सिंस द डे बिफोर दैट आई बिन अवॉइडिंग यू नथिंग टू डू विथ मेरी शी वॉज गॉर्जस एंड एवरीथिंग वॉज परफेक्ट आई हैव टू गेट माई हेड इन ऑर्डर बिफोर आई केम टू यू अदरवाइज अ लॉट ऑफ टेरेबल स्टफ वुड हैव स्पिल्ड आउट बट आई फील सो बैड आई डिन गिव मेरीज वेडिंग द अटेंशन इट डिजर्व इट वॉज सच अ स्पेशल डे out on the lawns palest pink fabric blowing about in the breeze the garden in bloom the soft light of a winter morning and everyone so happy for this angel child to have finally found such a lovely lovely man all the food was perfect and the music divine i'm so happy for mary and i wish her the very best always she'll always be my darling baby sis and i'm just thrilled for her But you know that's not the main thing, don't you? I tell you, but I have to put it in context. You remember when I was pregnant with the twins? My job at the agency was too demanding. I worked all day and half the night, constantly on the boil. I had no time for Rusty. I didn't know how I was going to make time for a delivery, let alone for the babies after that. Everything was always urgent at work. So I requested a midnight cesarean on a Friday night but my gynec tore a strip off me as you'll no doubt remember Rusty was infinitely supportive and more patient than I deserved He was confident that the arrival of my darlings would shift me into another cycle I had no such belief myself I was wondering how to work my life so they'd cause minimal hindrance to my career which was the main thing With this in mind, I spoke to him about inviting Mary to stay with us. She was in her third year of college, and staying with us would give her a lot more space and independence than she had at home. Plus, she'd be a responsible female presence in the house to supervise the nannies. Though I didn't mention this last to him. Rusty agreed readily. She was a sweet child and could do with a break. He said, "She'd be happy with us." as if that was my primary motive ha huh. but he was right she had a blast till the babies came along taking their own sweet time i might add with me huffing and puffing forever in the labor room i asked rusty to phone in for me and say i'd be back at my desk soon he didn't do that as you know just triggered my maternity leave i railed at him when i found out but he was right Those months were a blissful interlude and I nurtured my babies and indulged my femininity and I still remember them with sheer pleasure. But wild horses couldn't have kept me away from my work at 3 months and 1 day. Not with the nannies to do the heavy lifting, Mary so providentially available to do all the intelligent deciding and Rusty on hand if required. I didn't need to be there. or involved or distracted from my work 
I played with my darlings when I got home from work. But if I got a call or if they were fussy, I just handed them over to someone else. I couldn't get involved with all this diaper and bib business. Looking back, I sound like a bloodless creature. But at the time, I thought I'd set up the perfect life. It didn't last long. Rusty's displeasure had been growing, though I reminded him there was no law that required me to be kuchi-kuchi maternal. He could just as easily take up that role himself. He was equally their parent. He informed me, quite nastily, that if I hadn't been so immersed in my work, I'd have noticed he was already on that job. And from what he could see, the other equal parent was Mary, not me. She was the one holding this family together. Now he'd meant that to sting. It didn't. In my eyes, it was the successful implementation of my plan. My sister was substituting for me. And happily, I might add, what could be more perfect? He was just flabbergasted at my reaction. Some very ugly things were said. Rusty retreated behind a wall. And I'll confess, I was relieved. I convinced myself he'd accepted my version of things. Rusty, Mary, my two darlings, all were at arm's length and I could give my full creative energy to my career. Mary was the fulcrum around which the household turned. I don't know where she learned all that stuff, young tiddler that she was, but she was its centre and the font of its smooth success. And then... The atom bomb. Mary announced she was leaving. Just like that. Why? I asked, anguished. She'd taken a job, she said, across the city and it would be more convenient to commute from home. I immediately offered to pay for her services here, even over whatever they were offering her. She said she couldn't do that. She just had to go. Today. Now. This instant. She wouldn't meet my eyes. I reminded her how much space she had here and freedom and respect and authority, all of which would evaporate the moment she stepped back home. Didn't she know how much the boys needed her? How much we all needed her? She just repeated that she had to go. Had there been a fight? I asked her. Had anyone been rude to her or disobeyed her? No, no, no to everything. But she must go. I couldn't handle her irrational behaviour and lost my temper. How could she be so inconsiderate when I'd set up things so well for her here? Didn't she know what a major inconvenience it was going to be for me? She said icily that not everything was about my convenience. She left. I had to accept some domestic and maternal responsibilities and in time, as you know, diary, even cherished them. But not that day. I was furious with Mary, more so when I discovered that her job didn't start for three weeks. So for all those days, she was just chilling at home while I juggled creatives and clients and milk bottles and diapers. My connection with Rusty was at its weakest ever. He'd gone as far away from me as he possibly could. We ate and lived and slept beside each other, but as strangers. The kids needed us both and we had to be there for them while they were so small and dependent. 
My hostility at being thrown into all this domesticity was huge. I was not meant for mere maternity. It was a waste of my talents. But as you know, holder of all my secrets, the two dribbling darlings captured my heart and I emerged, not caring if I got a promotion or not, as long as I could get home before they went to bed. I was fully on top of everything with the boys. But my relationship with Rusty was shattered. I'd come to accept my own crass insensitivity and brutal egomania, so I refused to give in. I worked relentlessly to win back his trust and it took years for us to heal that rupture. But our marriage survived and thrived and that is something to be proud of. So finally, I'm coming to the present, Mary's wedding. All of us sitting in rows to witness the ceremony, Rusty and I somewhere near the back. He told me to go sit up front, but I insisted on sitting next to him. At some point, I felt him shudder and turned to see him crying. He put his hand on my knee to stop me and got up and left. And it was a good long while before he returned. He stayed away from me the rest of the evening, evidently avoiding discussion. I let it go. This was not the time or the place, but I was churning madly inside. No time to think, smile, chat, hug, kiss kiss, help granny to the loo, check on the boys, offer uncle a drink, offer auntie a canapé, sit with mum and dad, dance with the sisters. Where was the time? Tomorrow. I'll think about it tomorrow, when my feet aren't hurting from hours of running around in high heels. We'll sort it out tomorrow. But many tomorrows came and went, and Rusty always skipped away from me. Wherever I was, he was somewhere else. He needed to eat, to bathe, to make a phone call, to check on the boys, to leave early, to come back late. And so, I faced it alone, diary, and worked it out for myself. You figured it out too, haven't you? I can't say the words yet. My world just fell to bits. I couldn't believe my rock wasn't as solid as I thought he was. I raged and cried. I felt shivers and hot flashes and palpitations. I didn't deserve this. But actually, perhaps I did. I'd been a cold clinical automaton with a business spreadsheet where my warm pulsating heart should have been. Could I really blame Rusty for turning elsewhere for comfort? But to my own baby sister, I simply couldn't bear that. <laughs> but I had to bear it. What option did I have? I wasn't exactly blameless. I was the one who'd driven him away. Did I have the right to feel this anguish? What about his anguish? And hers? She'd left abruptly, dropping everything. I must go now, she'd said, right this instant. The storm played itself out in my heart, alone, as Rusty continued to avoid me. Yesterday when he came home, I was sitting on the sofa feeling crumpled. I don't know what he saw, 
but he understood that I knew and that I decided to let it go. We'd both made terrible mistakes. I had to find the strength to let it go. He crouched before me on the floor and held my hands in both of his. We never said a word, old friend, or even looked in each other's eyes. Just stared at those joined hands and the old gold bands that glowed dully on them. He fingered my ring. I touched his. He murmured at my hands. Nothing ever happened, you know. Nothing was ever even said. She sensed it and she left immediately. I felt a great surge of warmth for Mary. In all this horror, she'd somehow stayed true. I know, I said. You were never supposed to know, he said. I know, I said. And that was all.